Hey everybody, how you guys doing? This is your guy, Black Nerd. And yes, you are listening to Black Nerd's podcast. And so today's podcast is just going to be strictly on God's word today. Um, this episode, it's going to be kind of more like a um, half an episode, really. Um, I normally do my tech segment as well as my movies and also video games and stuff. But in this one here, I'm just going to do um, a portion of um, just from God's word. And I've been recently been going through um, a devotion called uh, How to Stop Sinning. And it's been out of the version Bible app on my phone. Um, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I've been reading pretty much um, not pretty much every day, but it's a lot of times when I get get to it. Um, and it's a very convenient app for those of you that, you know, have lead busy lives and working a lot and things like that. So I would definitely suggest you pick something like this up or actually download it on your phone. You can either get it on the on your iOS, uh, which is at your um, iPhone or your Android phone, which means that, you know, where's uh, LG, Samsung Galaxy or any of those those type of phones that run Android, um, just go to the Google Play Store and pick up your, or just download the the uh, Bible app. And uh, make sure you do the one that says U version. That one in particular has so many different resources. We're talking like devotions. We're talking different translations of the Bible. So if you if you like the King James, the New King James, the the um, the Message Bible. Um, NIV and uh, New Living Translation or any of those any of those popular um, translations you can get um, just you know you can get and toggle through those different translations on your Bible app so it's a very good resource I've been using it for quite a while now and um, and uh, I highly recommend it so Anyways, um, without further ado, um, last last episode, I believe it was dealing with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we was dealing with Romans, and we was in uh, chapter six of Romans, um, and we was, I believe, it was going through chapter one through fourteen, and basically um, where Paul was dealing with um, the fact of of um, no longer slaves. So in other words, we are free from being slaves, and so. Um, then what he means by that or what he meant by that is pretty much slaves to to sin and sin, which was in our nature. We were slaves to that. We was we we did things that, you know, our bodies or our natural natural desires couldn't we couldn't help that. And what we was doing. So basically, he he was talking about that. Now um, we're getting into um Romans 7 chapter 7 of, of Romans and um, entitled um, this one is no longer bound to the law so I want to kind of start off real quick here so just kind of follow along if you're if you're listening or reading your Bible um, you can you could do either or okay so verse 1 of chapter 7 says now dear brothers and sisters you who are familiar with the law don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living for example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the law of marriage no longer applies to her. So while her husband is alive, she will be committing adultery if she married another man. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. Verse 4. So my dear brothers and sisters, 
And this, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with, with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, as a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. Verse 6. But now we have been released from the law for we died to it and we are and are no longer captive to his power. Now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. Okay. So I'm going to stop right there for now and talk a little bit about this. And um, this is a very, this is very good. um, According to what Paul is writing to the Roman church and, or to the people of Rome, I believe it is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like the, the Roman church. So correct me if I'm wrong on that. I'm not sure exactly. I do know that, you know, because we're in the book of Romans, I know that that Paul wrote a lot of letters. So I believe he wrote a letter. This was a letter to the churches that were in Rome, I, I believe, at that time. So he wants to explain in this in this passage here about the difference of being bound by the law. And, you know, just to piggyback on what he's just said, pretty much is that the law you know, pretty much the law was written back in the, in the old Testament when, when we're talking about Moses and Moses, you know, he got the law from, from God who basically said, this is, this is how these are the, this is the law that I want my people to live by. And my people meaning suggesting that at that time, you know, there was the children of Israel. So, you know, going into the new Testament right now, you know, Paul begins to to bring that up and he brings the brings the fact that the law that was written, um, it, it it binds you to it. In other words, the law is more like a covenant or a contract. And so when when he as he describes this and he uses an example of marriage, he says that for when a woman marries, she is bound to her husband. So. You know, traditionally, you know, here in America, we know that, you know, a lot of times when a, a traditional marriage, you know, the two the couple stands before the before the, uh, you know, in the church or maybe in the court or whatever um, in front of uh, uh, witnesses and in front of the maybe the priest or the or or whoever may be marrying them. Um, there is what you call a a there's a there's what you call like a. A, a, a an agreement or a a a um, vow that is said, and these vows, when they're said to one another, is more like I'm committing myself to. We're committing to ourselves to each other. Now, even though those are just vows that are being said in a marriage, but legally, legally, once that 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 ceremony is over, and they decide to have what you call a marriage certificate. That certificate basically legally is they, they shows that they are legally bound to one another. And and that's just, this that's just here in America right now where we live at. And so he uses this example of marriage even at that time in, in his time in his day, he says that the law binds this woman to her husband. So as long as her husband is still living and 
she and, and say for instance them two decide to separate and divorce or maybe go separate ways according to this law according to what Rome, what what Paul is saying he's saying that that when that if that woman decides to uh, uh, maybe have intercourse with another man or say for instance uh, that she decides she wants to marry another man but her husband her original husband that was still still alive she will be considered committing adultery and even though he doesn't mention this here about the wife but you know just just for you know i don't know who may be listening to my audience right now but it can go both ways so i don't want to i don't want you to feel or anyone to feel on in you know as i'm describing this that oh well this this just you know signifies just for the wife no it goes both ways so if a husband does the same thing, say for the husband decides he wants he he cheats on his wife, he's committing adultery because for the simple fact that you know in this in this marriage there's a there's a binding there's a there is a a, co- a covenant or like you know a contract, but really in God's eyes it's a covenant with one to another, and so he's and this is the reason why um in marriage you know he sees us as one he sees he don't see two people he sees them coming together as one so i guess you know i'm not really diverting off the subject or at hand here but he he's really emphasizing about how the power of the law really works and so as he continues on um throughout this this example here he says that um, in verse four, he says, so my dear brothers and sisters to this is the point you died to the power of the law when you die with Christ. So let's stop right there and kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. So in other words, when Christ came in the new Testament, Christ came, he died for that law. And the reason, and the died he died to the power of, um, I mean, sorry, his crucifixion or his death on the cross basically, um, help take help helped us as believers to die from the power of the law now is the law bad no but what the law could not do the law could not free us the law could not redeem us so i'll give you this example if you break the law the law says you broke the law and you're going to be punished but it doesn't it doesn't give you an option to where okay now we're going to correct this this infraction and and now you're going to be redeemed in other words there is now you're not going to be guilty the law simply says that you broke the law and that you are now guilty and there is no redemption if you break the law but what christ does christ christ comes along and says though you have broken the law i'm going to free you so that you won't have to live by these this law so not to say that, oh, that means I, I could be a lawbreaker. No, that doesn't mean that. That means that in, in God's eyes, God continued, God wants us to be more like him. In order for us to be like him, we have to die to our old way, which is the way that we, we were trying to do, trying to live and to live for Christ. The only way God's going to see us in 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 a in in a perfected way is we have to we must die to ourselves and be alive in christ or be redeemed through the power of the crucifixion of the cross and then the resurrection of christ in our lives 
So we have to remember that the law itself doesn't save us. Anybody that says, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to you got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing that. Or you got to, you know, cross, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's. That's not going to help you when it comes to uh, being perfected in God's eyes. Okay, it may look good in man's eyes. It may look good and you may get. Very uh, a lot of um, accolades or a lot of uh, prestige or maybe you know people just really kind of praise you because you're living such a good life, but in God's eyes, you are you are still doing on your own efforts, trying to build up all these different things in order to be pleasing to God. When He says, "No, that's not what pleases me. What pleases me is for you to give up your way and to." to basically relinquish your way and to um other words abide in Christ and and rely on my on my son anybody that you know even even as christians sometimes and i admit this i came out of a i came out of a denomination and that pretty much in the in the old way of things in the very beginning of it and it may have changed now but in the old way of things, there was a lot of legalism. You you could not, there were certain things you could not dress a certain way. You could not, there were certain things that, just certain rules and, and certain little things that, you know, that we were doing as far as religion goes that were pretty much kind of at a point where, oh, okay, this, this is what makes you, um, makes you holy or makes you right and it doesn't really make you right with god it makes you look good it may it may matter of fact it may make you look good to come into the church but as far as in heaven as far as god saying okay you 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 know you're deserving of going into my heaven then that wasn't the case so what paul talks about here he talks about basically living according to the power of christ and living according to the 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 power of the crucifixion of Christ, the death of Christ and what he did on the cross and also the resurrection power and the blood of Christ that was shed for us. So he goes on in verse four and he says, so dear brothers and sisters, this point, this is the point you died to the power of the law when Christ, when you died with Christ and now you're united with the one who was raised from the dead as a result we can produce a harvest of good fruits. When we were controlled by our old nature, verse five, I'm, I'm reading from, sinful desires were at work within us and the law aroused these evil desires and produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death, okay? But now we, we have been released from the law and we died to it and, and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way, of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the spirit. So if you notice what Paul, he talks about here in verse six, he says, um, he said, he, he explains, we no longer are living according to the letter of the law or to the, of the law. So he said, but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and we are no, and are no longer captive in its power i want to go for i want to kind of stop here real quick and 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 also elaborate on the fact that this is what happens when you 
as an individual decide, I want to live for Christ. I want to accept Christ in my heart and, and, uh, you know, according to what Christ has done on the cross, I want to live for God. I want to invite Christ into my life. I want to change my life. This is what Paul is talking about here in Romans. He's talking, he's talking about this is the transformation and this is what actually happens when you decide to live for God and you decide to make that decision. What Paul is saying here, it says in Rome, in Romans um, seven, verse six, it says, but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but by, but in the new way of living in the spirit. I really think that that's so powerful. The next, um, the next, one of the next episodes that I'll do is we'll talk about living according to the spirit because this whole devotion really is talking about how do I stop sinning? And so he's given us some practical, somewhat some practical ways, but he's also given us kind of the behind the scenes, um, of what actually happens in this quote unquote transformation of you or me deciding that we want to live for God. See, when we want to live for God, we want to live for Christ. This is what's going on. He's explaining that you have been released from that law. In other words, all your efforts of doing good, all your efforts of trying to 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 do what's what's perfect and and I'm just going to be this law-abiding sitting citizen. Not to say it's not good to do that, but now you are living according to the spirit. And as we get we dive further into these scriptures, we'll talk about die we'll talk about living by the spirit. What does that mean? What does that actually mean practically by living by the spirit? And when I say the spirit, I mean the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about God's spirit. So um, we're going to go further on. I'm going to read a little bit further. I'm going to try not to go too long this time. So um, we're going to continue on to verse seven. OK, so it says here. Well, then I am suggesting that the law of God is. Im- I'm sorry. Let me backtrack again and re- reread this. Verse seven, it says, well, then am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? He says, of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kind of the covetous, covetousness or covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time, I lived without understanding the law. And when I learned that command learned the command not to cover it. For instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, actually brought spiritual death instead. Verse 11, sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. Verse 12, But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy, and right, and good. Okay, let's start right there, because this is getting really good. And this is one, just to let you guys know, this is one of my favorite 
portions of the Bible. And this is actually Romans is, is one of one of my favorite books of the Bible because it really goes in and explains about, you know, um, how to live for God and, and, and salvation, really the the background of salvation and what is actually going on with the individual that decides to live for Christ. So I want to go back to the to where he was he was going into this again and he says here he says am i suggesting that the law of god is sinful he says no he says no so he goes and explains this and which is pretty cool but he says that he's showing here that the law that the it is it was a law that showed me my sin in other words Basically, what he's saying is the law, like I said before, exposed your sin. It's it shows you, no, this is wrong. This is what you're doing is wrong. It never suggests that it's going to redeem you, though. And so verse eight, it says, but sin use use the command to arouse all kind of covetous desires within me. So he says here, let me I'm sorry, let me backtrack again. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said it. You must not covet. You must not covet. <coughs> Excuse me. So, remember, we're born in this life with a sin nature. There are things that people do, or as we get older, as we mature, we do things naturally. And 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 if no one, if the law never told us that these things are wrong, we will keep on doing them. But the law, what it does, it exposes the very thing that you are doing and saying, hey, this is wrong. You should do that. So soon as it soon as it puts it out there and you are aware, now you're aware of it. Now you're now this is this is not uh, an innocent thing that you're doing. You're doing something that's considered sinful. So now that it has got to the point where you are now aware that what you're doing is wrong. The, the nature, how this works is the nature of that, of that thing is now, now giving you more power and you're wanting to do that even more. Isn't that strange? I want to, I want to use this example. I think I might have said this in another episode, but I want to kind of reuse this example again. Um, if your mother or your father, um, told you that there's a jar of cookies in the, in the, in the kitchen and I don't want you to touch it. Um, you'll ruin your dinner or whatever, whatever he may say or she may say. Okay. You didn't even think about those cookies. Those cookies were not even in your, your vision. You weren't thinking about them or nothing like that, but because he pointed them out to you, then all of a sudden you wanted that much more. I kind of like a kind of a uh, similar example, but I think a more better example also is like, like Paul talks about, you were actually like safer than you were actually stealing. So you would go to the store and you just go and take what you want off the shelf because this is what you want. But then you go out the front door. You don't go to the cash register to pay for it. You just go, you take what you want. I need a bar of soap or I need, you know, something, toothpaste or whatever. And you go and take that and you walk right out the store. You're thinking, this is, I, this is what I need. Why can't I have it? Right. But the law is saying that, well, according to the law, you have to, when you go to the store, you have to pay for that item, pay for it. And so say, for instance, you're used to just taking this stuff. You're not used to paying for nothing. 
So what do you do? You your your whole thing is I don't want to pay for it. I want to steal it. I want to keep stealing. It's easier for me to steal than for me to pay for it. So I guess in a funny sort of way, using that example to explain how, exactly how Paul's talking about. But really, when you stick it to what he's saying, though, it really does mean that the that the mere what the law is doing is stirring up all those desires to want you to want to continue to do that. It doesn't really tell you, it doesn't give you the power to stop doing it. It, it gives you the, it actually exposes it and the nature itself um, wants to produce more of that same thing that you want to keep doing it. And that's in your nature. And so this is where I, I'm, this is where I, I myself, um, as a believer, I didn't understand in the very beginning that I never really under, fully understood that the sin, the sinful man, which is always with you and you're born with it is the, is the, is the very thing that will continue to drive you into wanting to do the wrong thing. In other words, if you look at a, a, a child or a baby, you never have to teach that child to do what is right. You always have to teach it. I mean, I'm sorry, excuse me. You never have to teach that child to do what is wrong. You always have to teach the child to do what is right. They naturally are, we are naturally born uh, with a selfish bit or we want what we want when we want it. Even as, as children, that's how we are. So our parents have to teach us, don't do this or don't do that. You can't have that. And we cry and maybe pitch a fit because we want what we, what we want. Okay. So Paul is talking about in here that he says that, um, I like what he says. He says, I would never know, have known that coveting, coveting is wrong if the law had not even said it. See, so the law, there is a law and you're supposed to abide by it. He says, but you must not covet. So in verse eight, he says, but sin used the command to arouse all kind of covetous desires within me. If there was no law, sin would not have that power. And verse nine, at one time I lived without understanding the law. And when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life. And in verse 10, he says, and I died. So I discovered that the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Isn't that amazing? Basically, Paul is really talking about our human nature right now. Then he says in, the, in the verse 11, sin took advantage of the commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. So sin, just to let you know, is again, it's, it's according to the Bible, it's anything that we do that's offensive to God, that's not according to God's laws, God's ways, God's basically sovereign, sovereign rulership. We sin with this is against God and, and, and sin produces death. So that death that, that, that Adam and Eve, when we go back to the garden of Eden there, God tells Adam and Eve, you can have any, any tree or you can eat, eat of any fruit in this, of the trees of this garden, except for this one fruit or this one tree. <laughs> Excuse me. The moment that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. So in other words, even though it doesn't really go into that much detail there, but it's just the very fact that God commanded Adam and Eve not to do something. Then all of a sudden 
through temptation and persuasion of the enemy, basically they did it. And that produced sin, which basically produced death. Now, death in that sense also meant physical death eventually because Adam and Eve would have never physically died. Okay, that's just for another. That's another topic. But death will death comes to all men that because all men have sinned. We have all fallen short according to the Bible. So all men will die. We will all die physically. But what Christ and what God is really more or less really uh, um, feel is more important is not just the physical death, but your spirit, man. In other words, where will you go after this, after the, after you leave here, after your physical death, you have to reside somewhere, whether it's heaven or hell. And so what he's more concerned about is not so much what you're doing um, with your physical life right now, because that's that's evident that you're going to die. But where will you go in the spiritual? Now, when he means by spiritual death, that's what he means. In other words, spiritual death or death is what you call separation from God. Sin is separation from God. So anytime you sin, you're separating yourself from God. So what you're doing is what he's more concerned, concerned about is pretty much at this point is trying to get yourself to live according to God's spirit. In other words, getting to that place, going from the letter of the law, obeying the law, and then let's get this, let's institute Christ and have Christ die for us, die for that, that sinful nature. And now accept Christ of accept what he has done on the cross. And that, and at that point, then you live for the live in the power of the Holy spirit that he provides. Amen. So, um, I kind of went a little bit longer than that, but I want to continue. I do want to continue on to this. And, um, let me just say this. Um, as we go along and I really suggest that if you haven't been, if you haven't been following along or reading along, I would suggest that you, in this portion in Romans, Romans seven, definitely read into this chapter, definitely meditate on this, definitely break this apart. This is a phenomenal, very phenomenal chapter to study when it comes to just basic Christianity. The other words, why, how, or how do you really become faithful to God? How do you live this life as a Christian? All right, man. So um, I want to go a little bit further and then we'll end it here. And um, I want to go in further and say here, let's see. So the trouble is not that the law, not with the law for the spiritual, for it is spiritual and good. He says, the trouble is with me for I am I am all too, too human, a slave to sin. Okay. I don't really understand myself for what, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 16, he says, but if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. Okay. 17 says, so I, so I am not 
the one doing wrong. It is this, it is sin living in me that does it. Verse 18, it says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. In verse 19, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Verse 20 says, but if I do what I what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it, doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Verse 21, I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably, I inevitably do what is wrong. Verse 22, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. The power makes me a slave to sin, to the sin that is still within me. 24, verse 24 says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Verse 25, thank God. The answer is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, so you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. Okay. I'm going to start right there. And, um, I really suggest that you go into Romans seven, um, reread that pray on it, meditate on it. If you're, um, if you're just a person that's just listening to this podcast right now, you're not a Christian. You, you know, you know that you're not a Christian, but you want to understand this and you're hearing this for the first time. Um, praise God. Number one, for just, you know, sticking around listening. And, uh, number two, what I would suggest as a, as a new believer or just a person that's seeking God right now, um, really, really seek God with all your heart, be honest with him. And the Bible says that first of all, you know, in order to come to God, you must believe that he exists. Maybe you're one that either, either wants to believe and does and not sure of it. But what I would suggest you do is just pray and ask God, God, if you're there, you know, help me to understand you, <laughs> help me to believe in you. And I want to live for you and just be honest. And it doesn't have to be a specific way in which you have to pray. But but prayer is just pretty much communicating and talking with God and saying, God, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I know I'm not living the life that I really want to live, but I truly want to live for you. And according to your Bible, according to your word, um, you know, if I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and I believe in what Christ done on, did on the cross. If I believe and put my trust in that, in his work, that I could be saved. And I want to be saved right now. So you don't have to say it so much verbatim as the way I say it. But God sees your heart. He sees your mind. He sees what it is that you're, where your motives is. 
And as long as you're being sincere and honest with him, God can God can filter through any kind of way that you may want to talk to him or explain yourself to him. And and God is smart. He's intelligent. So there's there even if you don't know the words, God says, "Okay, yeah, you know what? I understand what you're trying to tell me." And you know what? It's it's all good. I just I'm just really excited about um basic salvation and even though I've been a Christian for a long length of time. A lot of times when I get back into these verses, it really reignites my love for God and what Christ has done for me and and as well as others. It's just amazing that God has thought of this way of salvation. And I just, I'm very thankful for that. So again, if you're listening to this your first time, hey, thanks for hanging around. Thanks for listening. And also, if you are a um, uh, everyday listener or you know have been listening to my podcast for a while i appreciate your support appreciate you listening to what i have to say i know i'll be jumping all over the place (laughs) but you know i'm really excited and i love doing the podcast and so um again thanks for hanging out with me right now um again we were just talking about you know um scriptures in this one in this particular episode i really appreciate um um just you know like i said all the other stuff that's been going on. So next episode will be about some movies, about tech, about video games. I got some Nintendo stuff I want to talk about. I got some, uh, matter of fact, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I got a chance to see um, John Wick 3. So I'll be talking about that. And we will we'll kind of close it out with another scripture verse at the end of that. But um, again, thanks a lot and have a blessed day. Enjoy the rest of your week.